The Memphis Tigers are reportedly getting a million bucks to play Mizzou in St. Louis. What do I think about that price tag plus a critical injury report updates from Eli Drinkwitz coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, your team every day. Check out LockedOnMizzou.com for all your links and today's episode of Locked on Mizzou is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect Technology exclusively from Simply Safe 24/7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com/lockedoncollege to learn more. And as I said in the open here, apparently the Memphis Tigers getting a million bucks, not too shabby for I guess quasi-government work. They're a public school, right? So a million dollars to just travel up, what, I-55 north to St. Louis about three hours instead of playing at home. If you're Memphis, hey, take that bag for sure. But if you're a Missouri fan, should we be wanting to pay out a million bucks for that? Well, you know, my initial reaction was, oh, screw it. Just play the game in Memphis. It's not that far from your fan base. We can get on down to Memphis, right? Well, but according to Gabe DeArmond at Power Mizzou on the message boards today anyway, he confirmed that apparently the St. Louis Sports Commission, a privately funded nonprofit that is apparently interested in ginning up excitement in the downtown St. Louis area in particular, and just, of course, the greater St. Louis area, and in, and in, and in particular, sports attracting just important events. Hey, let's not let the the dome downtown just lie completely vacant. So from their perspective, it makes some sense to try to attract some interest, obviously, to downtown St. Louis. So if they want to pick up half of the tab or a, a big portion of the tab, whatever it might be, I'm just completely speculating here. I truly have no idea. But if you're Missouri, what the heck? If that's the case, then I guess sort of a six-figure sum in this modern day of college football, especially being in the SEC, well, that's kind of a rounding error at this point. And obviously on the plus side, this is another de facto home game for Missouri, essentially. A really easy game for especially a huge portion of your fan base in the St. Louis area to get to. It's been over 10 years, I believe, since 2010, perhaps 2011. Don't have that off the top of my head. Since Missouri last played in the Dome in St. Louis, in the Dome in America's Center as it is now known. So to me, another plus for Desiree Reed, Francois, and her administration, really, just another fan-friendly move. I really like it. And by the way, once again, I just think they've really 
upgraded the fan experience in the stadium. Grab-and-go options have been really easy so far in terms of concessions. And I've heard lots of people just remark that, wow, the Georgia atmosphere, obviously the reasons for the atmosphere were the football, number one. But a lot of people just remarking that, number two, just the overall stadium atmosphere, the sound that's played through the PA, it's just a lot more engaging perhaps than than what's been happening in years past. So overall, just a, a huge two thumbs up to the Reed francois administration so far. Now, speaking of this past Saturday night, Eli Drinkwitz, just about an hour ago as I record this here, on a Tuesday afternoon said that Saturday night was an example of, quote, everything I dream this place can be as we build our program. And certainly... Beating Florida would go a long way to build the program, but as 10.5-point underdogs over at Bet Online right now, you got to think Missouri is going to need pretty much a full-strength squad to have a good shot, and that means it's a critical injury week. A couple huge players, Chris Abrams-Drain and Dominic Lovett, missed most, if not all, of the second half of those ball games, respectively. And, well, according to Drinkwitz, Dominic Lovett currently day-to-day with a lower leg injury. Man, I love these hockey injury designations. And apparently they'll see how he looks at practice today. So that's going to that's going to be a big that's going to be a big deciding factor, as I would think, not only how he looks today, but also tomorrow as well. Puts him at 50-50 for Saturday's game in Gainesville, according to Drinkwitz. As for the aforementioned Chris Abrams drain, obviously. One of Missouri's best corners, if not their best corner, day-to-day as well. Chad Bailey, who didn't play last week against Georgia, is going to practice in a non-contact jersey, but unfortunately he's still listed as probably doubtful for Florida, according to Eli Drinkwitz. Now, on the plus side, I thought Damian Wilson played pretty darn well in Chad Bailey's absence, so that gives me some hope there for sure, but also Chris Abrams' drain, too. I I thought... When Drayden Norwood came in in the second half and played, I believe, most of his snaps, if not all of them, in Chris Abrams-Drain's role, that is, I thought he held up nicely as well. Going back and looking at the film, there was it's not as though there were moments when I was going, oh, no, George is picking on Drayden Norwood. I mean, I thought he held up in coverage just fine. So right now the second-string depth on this defense is really holding up its end of the bargain. And you know what? Is it maybe time for me to rethink my my opinion on Missouri's 4th and 10 late in the Georgia game? I want to actually take a little bit deeper dive into how I come to these type of conclusions. But first, I do want to tell you that the numbers don't lie, folks. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. And I should know I'm one of them. And you don't own the trust of that many people or, frankly, a rather intelligent person like me without doing something right. And it's simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. And here's the beauty of this product. It's very customizable to exactly what your home is, whether you need motion sensors, a certain amount of door sensors, window sensors. Hey, everybody's home's different, right? Well, Simply Safe has you covered. You can figure out exactly what you need. They'll send it right to you in the mail, and you just set it up yourself. 
You peel it, stick it on the wall. No need to get out the drill or mess up your paint and drywall and all that good stuff. And the battery starts. Once you yank something out of it, you're good to go. It, it Honestly, the name Simply Safe could not be more apt. So you know what? Customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your first Simply Safe home security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Also in his press conference this afternoon, Eli Drinkwitz said about this game and just the process for Missouri this week. The challenge for us this week is to recreate the process and not get caught up in the outcomes. And this is something I've really emphasized a lot lately on this program, especially with the ending of the Auburn game where Harrison Mevis missed what was set up as the game-ending field goal. But I don't want to rehash that for the third or fourth time on this program. We've talked about that enough here, but I do want to revisit actually the end of the Georgia game, Missouri's final possession, at least for all intents and purposes, their final possession anyway, the fourth and ten, right? Here's the thing. I have to admit I was just explaining to you all how I felt at the time, and on the program I admitted, hey, you can probably talk me out of this opinion, but just that was my gut instinct in the moment. In Faroe Field was, we got to punt this here and give our defense a chance because I just don't have any confidence in the offense to pick up this 4th and 10. And I will admit to you all I've waffled on that call now the past few days, probably a dozen times now. I really have. I've I've thought about it. A, a lot of people have made valid points about, hey, the defense looked gassed at that point. And when you look at the yardage in the fourth quarter, I believe George had over 180 total yards just in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with that point to some extent. But at the same time, once again, those previous three plays just gave me zero confidence in the offense. It just felt like a fourth and 10 was asking a lot. But at the same time, maybe that was still a better chance than what Missouri had to stop what was obviously a Georgia offense that had figured some things out, especially in the run game in the fourth quarter. Frankly, because of the outcome, well, I would have liked to have seen what Missouri would have done on that fourth and 10. And I, and I think that's natural. That's obviously very natural, but again, the challenge is not to get caught up in the outcome and figure out what would have actually helped Missouri win, and I think there's a good argument that, yeah, they should have gone for it on 4th and 10, but again, process over results. And when asked about Florida's quarterback, Anthony Richardson, Eli Drinkwitz had an interesting comparison, in my opinion. He said that he believes he's very similar to K.J. Jefferson, the Arkansas quarterback, who Missouri fans you should be familiar with from last season for sure. And I will say in terms of size, they're certainly similar and they're both mobile. But to me, I just think Anthony Richardson has a lot more upside as a player. And in fact, he's actually a little bit bigger 
believe it or not, because I think of KJ Jefferson as a really physical quarterback for sure. But Richardson, despite being a tiny bit bigger at 6'4, 230, something like that, he's actually faster than Jefferson as well. He runs like a 448, I believe I saw was his 40 yard dash. And yeah, just the explosive ability of Anthony Richardson, his actual ceiling, his upside is as good as anybody in the country, maybe better, quite frankly. But I just think Jefferson for Arkansas is a steadier player for sure. He's just not nearly as turnover prone and that type of deal. Again, his his ceiling might not be as high, but I think his floor is quite a bit higher too. You're not going to fall through the basement like is possible with Anthony Richardson. So I think if you're Blake Baker in the Missouri defense, as I said before, you hung in there okay, even without even without Drayden Norwood, I thought, and I thought Damian Wilson did fine as well. Obviously, maybe we wore out a, a bit in terms of run defense in the fourth quarter, but so many positives there defensively for Missouri. If you can just force Anthony Richardson into some mistakes, which I think he's shown obviously the the propensity to do so, I think Missouri has a great chance to win this ball game. But as I said, I hope we're just not a little we're just not too banged up. I actually think Dominic Lovett is the injury to watch there for sure. If Missouri is without Dominic Lovett, that's really, really worrisome offensively. He's he's to me more crucial than either Abrams Drain or Chad Bailey, who's unlikely to play. No offense to either one of those players. They're both excellent players, in my opinion. I just think Missouri can ill afford to be without Dominic Lovett down in Gainesville. And coming up, while Missouri has been the file, final nail in a lot of coaches' figurative coffins in the SEC so far, they just missed out, possibly, on getting rid of Brian Harson. Well, it looks like Harson will continue to survive another week, but I got to give you another update on the wildness happening down in Auburn. Just trust me, you'll enjoy this. But first, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, well, frankly, you're depriving yourself of one of the greatest joys in all of life. And guess what? There's a new for a new flavor. Are you ready for it? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. These monsters, frankly, these Frankenstein creation people over at Built have done it again. Let me introduce you to your new flavor. Yes, it's cookie dough chunk puffs. And let me tell you something. I've tried these for myself. They are quite, quite good. They really are. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Only 160 calories, but with a whopping 15 grams of protein in each and every bar. How can you possibly go wrong there? So you know what? Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Well, after nearly surrendering a 14-point lead to Missouri a couple weeks ago, Auburn and Brian Harson led LSU this past week 17 to nothing, and this was truly the Brian Harsiniest game of the Brian Harson era. I've got to believe because 
It's not too often when you outgain your opponent 438 yards to just 270 for LSU that you still lose that game. Again, leading 17 to nothing, they still lost. So yes, things are not going so great on the plains of Auburn. And according to The Athletic, quote, the enduring image of the Harson era will likely be the trick play it ran on second and goal at the LSU 10 in the fourth quarter when receiver Coy Moore, an LSU transfer, attempted a receiver pass and threw an interception. Another LSU pick later sealed its 21-17 win. So four turnovers for Auburn. Just a running theme, a sloppy, sloppy team. A team that has some talent, but at a certain point, yeah, that is coaching, I have to admit. It's just incredible that a year and a half in, this is where Auburn is. Now, of course, Brian Kelly now off to a 2-0 and start in the SEC. Missouri about this close to a 2-0 and start, but instead they're 0-2. Such is life in the Southeastern Conference. By the way, it sounded like Friday's Mizzou Madness event outside on the on the Francis Quadrangle on the Mizzou campus sounded like it came off really, really well, according to the people who were in attendance that I talked to. Friend of the show, Blake Stark, who used to be a frequent, frequent guest on this program back when we had offices that were basically adjacent to each other. Well, Blake took it in, told me it was a great time, really, and just, you know, not exactly something that you're going to learn a whole lot about the upcoming team basketball-wise, but to me, that that's okay. It's okay to have a different event, especially in a spot on campus where you're going to have word of mouth spread pretty quickly and just interest from people walking around and go, huh, what's going on over here? You don't need a ticket. You can just walk up and see what's happening. If that helps create new fans if these sort of interactive games that they played a a fans dunk contest that was judged by none other than the great Norm Stewart by the way what a great surprise bringing him out you know there's a bit of showmanship there for sure bringing out Norm Stewart as a surprise guest obviously the laser show and the DJing and all that stuff there may have been a couple of technical glitches in there I heard you know momentary just stuff but that's all extremely forgivable to me. This is the first time Mizzou has ever tried to pull off an outdoor basketball event. That's a heck of a lot more forgivable than, say, oh, I don't know, misspelling the last name of the greatest coach in your program's history, arguably, in Gary Pinkle. But anyway, I digress. Again, just another thumbs up to me for the Reed Francois administration and her era of just trying new things and trying to get new people into the stands and excited about Missouri sports, regardless if it's football, basketball, soccer, softball. I don't really care because, you know, there's a lot of fun events even outside of the traditional revenue sports, which I mostly talk about, which is, of course, football and basketball. I've had great times at Mizzou softball and Mizzou baseball before, and I'd love to check out some Mizzou soccer sometime, which I've never been to. So, Heck, give me reasons to come out. Give reasons, casual Mizzou soccer fans like me, a reason to come out, just like they've done a good job so far of giving people who are casual basketball fans to come out. Because let's face it, yeah, we'd have probably learned a little bit more about 
this team in the future this coming season but you know what the season's going to start in a month anyway there's plenty of time in November for there to be some de facto exhibition games if if there really was just a scrimmage a black and gold game if you were in basketball and Mizzou arena I mean you're talking about the most hardcore diehard fans there are of Mizzou basketball you've already got those people so let's try to get the casuals, and if this type of event is something that can work, and I think it perhaps can, let's do it. Let's just try more of this stuff, and again, tip of the hat, hat for a new idea and just just new new events, new suggestions, and, and thinking outside of the pain. But hey, thanks for joining me once again on Locked on Mizzou. By the way, why not make Locked on SEC your second listen or many of the other bevy of local podcasts here on Locked On. No matter who you're into, there's almost a certainty that we have a podcast for you. Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Royals, Locked On Blues. Maybe you're a Mizzou fan from New York. Yep. Locked On Yankees. The whole thing. Anything you could possibly think of. So make any of those podcasts, including once again, Locked On SEC, your second listen today. So, Until next time, thanks for joining me right here on Locked on Mizzou.